mixing up our venues a bit, welcome to Hand of Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 256 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined in his own living room by English Dan. Hello and good evening. And by Andres, as usual. Hello and good evening too. It's rainy, but good evening too, anyway. Just say it's more of a, it's a living room, dining room kind of, a living space, I'd it's, say. It's a very, Just to be a bit more accurate. It's a very elegant, open yes. plan solution to having a really um, tiny a apartment. conundrum. Yes. Yes. It's, it's very nice. And you, <laughs> you, we are, of course, uh, inside the, the house, uh, but outside it's a bit of rain. And I, I think I told you that mostly 80% here in football we are, we are used to hearing that a team has 80%, 70-60% of the ball mm-hmm. possession. Here I think it's 70-80% of the times we recorded Hannah Paul it was rainy perhaps because we it's very possible it yeah. feels that way especially this year yeah. 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 we'd have to talk to Opta to get the proper stats but yeah. it's a decent estimation yes, yes. indeed expected rain expected rain pod. yes um, I will go through the scores from last weekend which was slightly longer ago than it normally is when we record because we're recording on Thursday which is why this will be going up on Friday if you're one of the normal feels a long time ago doesn't it um, it does. I've, I've forgotten yeah. most of what happened. I was paying attention to very little anyway. So, so I'm hoping so people, that you two can tell me. But uh, people will hear, or you will have Hanapod up uh, uploaded uh, the same day that there will be another matches. So they will be listening yeah. to the recent or the past uh, results, and yes. at the same day they will be watching perhaps. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So some of this is very old news, but hopefully none no. of it is fake news. Which is the main thing. Um, what are the ambulances normally like in this neck of the woods, Dan? Not too bad. I'm just going to hope I'm, people don't get too sick. I'm going to try and talk over them unless they come right past the window because I do remember they're a little bit more frequent on this side of the park than on my side of the park. Um, for the benefit of listeners, Dan and I live about five minute walk away from each other. We do. Um, <laughs> So we're not that far away from where we normally record. But anyway, here are the scores from last weekend. They went on Friday evening as follows. San Martín de San Juan got a 1-0 home win over Quilmes. And Tacheres de Córdoba suffered a third, I think it is, consecutive defeat. Um, 2-1 at home to Tigre. On Saturday, Lanús got a 2-0 win um, away to Patronato. Racing beat Gimnasia in the uh, friendly match. The formerly friendly in, match. In, in as much as uh, the two clubs are friendly with each other. 1-0 in El Cilindro, or were friendly. Dan can tell me why that's in the past tense in a few minutes. Um, Atletico de Rafaela got... I have a feeling that was their second win in a row. It might even have been their third win in a row. Um, 3-0 at home to Union, which means that they are now up to one point not per third. game. Not third, because uh, they... Uh, not the, past, the last match. They are now the... the 
match before to the last one, they got a draw against Boca. You're quite right, they did. Uh, so it's two. I, I was remembering it as either Tacheres had lost three in a row and Atletico had won two in a row or the other way around. So that must mean that Tacheres got their third defeat in a row. Um, Five games unbeaten, though. Eh? We thought we all yeah, thought yeah, they, were, draws, they were doomed. They're now up to one point per game in the relegation mm. table, which means that they're still bottom. Now they've got uh, the, big, the big Clásico coming. Indeed they have, yeah, which we will uh, discuss later on, the, the Clásico Atleticense. Um, also on Saturday, River got a 4-1 win, or rather River... Oh no, that was their full team, wasn't it? Of course it was, the reserves played uh, last night in the Libertadores. Um, River got a 4-1 win over Temperley in the Monumental, and Boca Juniors, the league leaders, were held 0-0 by Estudiantes in La Plata, also on Saturday night. Um... With I, read, there. I read one tweet saying that that's the first time that River and Boca have played simultaneously when they haven't been playing each other, obviously, since 1992. Um, I'm still a little unclear on exactly why they played simultaneously, but there we go. <laughs> on Sunday, obviously, that Boca result, therefore, uh, gave the opportunity for some of the chasing pack to um, blow the title race open. Um, we'll find out when that happened now. On Sunday, Huracan got a 3-0 win away to Aldo City. Um, Arsenal and Olimpo got called off at half time due to a waterlogged pitch with the score at 0 0. Uh, I don't think we have a return date for that one yet. Um, Defensive Justicia drew 0 0 with Godoy Cruz in Florencio Barrera. And that match was also with a lot of water in the field and mm. wasn't such Oh, yeah, it's a deadage. Indeed, yeah, it was a few hours later. Um, uh, the, the rain eased off a little bit during the afternoon, but. Um, I guess Florencia Moreno is not quite as low lying as Sarandi, clearly, presumably. Or the drainage at Defensive Stadium is better. I can't imagine that's the case. Mm, <laughs> maybe it's not as low lying. Um, <laughs> San Lorenzo beat Rosario Central 2 1. Newell's old boys, who of course were the main team who were hoping to um, capitalise on Boca dropping points the day before, scored twice at home to Independiente, but conceded four. Uh, that was quite an entertaining match. Mm. It was the only one that I've managed to pay full attention to over the weekend. Hey, Colón, you chose right then. Pardon? It was a good choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't complaining. Colón scored twice, uh, once each in stoppage time at the end of each half uh, to claim a 2-2 draw at home to Atletico Tucumán. Banfield beat Sarmiento 2-0 on Monday evening and Vélez Salzfield lost 2-1 at home to Belgrano later on Monday night. Um, gents, I missed both the River and the Boca games because I was at my girlfriend's boss's mm-hmm. birthday party, which is a bit weird, but well, we had fun. Um, I so missed Boca, of course. Tell me about them. Because, well, if Duyantis Boca is, was worth paying attention to for one thing and one thing only. That was the great. Even I've heard about this. Nelson, Hulk Hogan, Elas, who just went crazy and not really what, for it from I was going to say what, what actually was it about somebody got a red card or something it was, or? no 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 not even that it was um, I don't know if you saw in the highlights uh, that uh, Rossi came out pretty recklessly when he was going for a cross mm-hmm. and took out someone I can't remember who in the, in the area Cavallaro yes. and it wasn't uh, it wasn't given a penalty that was it he started having words, got sent off, and just absolutely lost it. It was amazing to watch. It, it was... Uh, took out his shirt. Indeed, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was the, the momento sexy. It was. Uh, of the, the he showed all of his tattoos in his... 
He's got a really good physique, actually. A lot of tattoos. <laughs> I must admit, he's. If I had his his body, I'd probably rip my shirt off at uh, any provocation as well. You know, if I'm waiting for the 15 bus out here and it goes past without stopping, I'd just rip it off as well and go and kick uh, some bins over. If, if What's the penalty for you? If you got it flaunted, exactly. I think uh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for all the hand of pod, but I think we can say we fully condone and indeed support what the rest did I get the impression that Andres is, is trying to make a slightly more serious point so I what? No, no because that was the origin of the, the, where it all started because he Vivas started complaining because of the penalty mm. which we all know or well we can say it was or it wasn't but the, for him it was and mm. after that uh, he, he showed all of this thing and then, then he he said he was ashamed and well he must change these reactions, but the play was it was very very divided because for a lot of people say that the goalkeeper can go like that he of course punches the ball and Cavallaro both uh, and well there there are people saying that no that the goalkeeper when he's in the small box he can do that or, or he can he can, must 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 not be charged or tripped or mm-hmm. whatever or, or bothered uh, and there are people as well no they can't uh, it's a similar one really to um, to Neuer and, and Iwain in the World Cup final mm-hmm. and that wasn't a penalty or a foul either let's be honest so yeah you can't really give it it, it was a bit of an overreaction Nelson so uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna impr- impress the Arsenal directors like that I don't think beyond fingers replacement uh, he has incidentally said that when uh, he ref- um, referees when, when he um, uh, takes charge of Estudiantes for the Clásico this weekend he's going to be wearing a jumper so that he, he doesn't get tempted to, to do the same thing well again. I assume he'll be up in the stands and we all know the, the Estadio Unico is pretty chilly that's what I assumed but yeah. he seems to think he's going to be on the sidelines and yeah. this is the effort so who knows um, but beyond um, Nelson Mivas' moment of um, uh, showing off um, what uh, I'm intrigued to know was Boca's performance like particularly it was a very typical leaders. Estudiantes Boca game if you can put it like that it had everything you can imagine a hell of a lot of of tackles a hell of a lot of fouls uh, Centurion got absolutely kicked to pieces and not really that much activity in front of goal if I remember correctly mm-hmm. I was watching it I can't, was I watching it that much yeah I think so and then I think I went somewhere ah no I was coming back from Racing so I watched about the last 60 minutes or so mm-hmm. and yeah it was not a pr- not a particularly good game it was just busy marking uh, tightly to, to uh, Gago who of course wasn't with the freedom that he usually has or went well against Arsenal had, uh, and yes, he he wasn't uh, uh, he couldn't do the, the things he normally does when he's free, uh, and yes, it was a much tight match, very with a lot of uh, how do you say uh, more fighting or more more running and more uh, that things than than, mm. than football itself. Boca was normal in terms of. How they were playing, and as an, in a way condition with uh, drawing against uh, um, Real Atletico Rafaela, now against uh, Estudiantes, and I don't remember the last the other matches. I will tell you in a second. But yes, uh, they could, he, 
they drew with Patronato, but that was in La Bombonera. But, yes, come, yeah. uh, but they so. didn't look like they were the, the leaders uh, of the league. Mm-hmm. It is the third match out of their last four in which Boca have dropped points. Um, only two on each occasion. They haven't lost any of those, but it has be- meant that the sort of chasing pack have had these opportunities to to catch up and not have no really taken advantage of it. Was San Lorenzo that, yeah. beforehand, who, and Estudiantes who dropped points along with Boca, and mm-hmm. then exactly. Newell's managed to creep up. Exactly, and yeah, the, and Newell's got of, beaten very badly. Precisely, yeah. So the gap at the moment is still four points. The intrigue. Uh, in as much as there is intrigue in the title race, lies in the fact that River have got a game in hand still. Um, and if you give River the points for their game in hand now, if, mm-hmm. if we assume that they'll win it, let's say, of course, which is by no means um, certain, I can't remember who it's against, uh, then they would go level with Newell's in second on 45 points. And of course, this weekend is the Super Classico. We're, we're going to try and preview the weekend uh, which we don't normally do on Hand of Pop but we're going to try to a little bit later because of the fact that it's the classical um, weekend and also because so much time has passed since these matches we're talking about now that there's going to be a bit less to say about them than usual um, but that, that's that's one sort of point of uh, potential interest is, is that if River can win the Super um, and particularly if Newell's um, can also win the the Rosario Clasico at the same time well not at the same time obviously but on, on, on the same weekend um, on the same then day. the title race is going to become interesting again but until it does it, it could well be you know, another case of just Boca remaining fairly comfortable um, let's go to River next then they, they won 4-1 against Temperley Lucas Alario scored twice which if I remember rightly means that he's now got uh, 38 goals in 67 appearances for River or something it's, it's not a bad average very tight um, how were they Andres I'm guessing you watched it yes it was the first half in which uh, uh, River perhaps uh, found the, the, the opening goal at the moment they perhaps weren't at their best uh, moment in the match with a, a very good play from between Lario and Mora who in this case was in the main uh, team because we didn't mention the uh, last episode that Nacho Fernandez was injured. Mm-hmm. He got injured in the match against Emelec in Copa Libertadores, the former Emelec game because last night was the second one. And uh, after that, Chimino scored the brilliant goal. He chipped the ball uh, in a, after a pass of Gabe Dosian. I don't remember. I don't know exactly the, how it's pronounced. The, one from Armenia, but he's from Uruguay also. He ah, he scored against yeah, yeah, Racing too. Yeah, yeah. what? Kevodny uh, and something like that. Yes. Um, What's going on, Sam? No, no, carry on talking. <laughs> I'm trying to sign into Twitter and your computer won't let me. Couple so of technical difficulties. We'll sort that out in the break later. Carry on, Andres. So the first half was uh, perhaps better for River, but not in the, in the result because Timino, uh, uh, just before the, the first half uh, ended, scored that brilliant goal, chipping it uh, past uh, Batasha. And the second half was after, before the, the second goal from Malario, that was a penalty, um, was a very even match, but then after, of course, the second, the, the, the penalty that was uh, converted by, by, by Alario, all, all was easy for River, and temporarily they well, resisted until that moment, and then <coughs> River, of course, scored two more and, and was uh, Aris and that but it temporarily was trying to do the same 
the same that uh, he had already done against uh, San Lorenzo first and Racing then, uh, defeating of course two grandes, two uh, of the big fights, and now they had to 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 face River, mm. which means three big teams, uh, the, the the three big, big uh, matches in a row. Yeah. Racing San Lorenzo River, and well, they did they did well until the second goal from Alario, uh, in which they uh, I I uh, I celebrate the way that Temporary at least tries to play. Of course, they have players that, for example, you know Osuna, who is not known for Argentina or the common supporters. Uh, then Chimino, who is perhaps a bit more known as a, a, a well right back going to, to attack and then perhaps not marking very well, but a good attacking right back. Mm. Uh, then this uh, striker from Armenia and Uruguay that is... Does he play for Armenia? Yes, he played. That's the national team. I'm a big fan of South Americans who play for weird national teams. It's one of my... Such as yeah. Samuel Hitch. So, uh, such as Samuel Hitch. Yes. And there's a couple Chileans who play in the, Palest- the Palestine national team as well. Yeah. From the you know the Chilean Palestine community, but I'm sure Adam Brandon probably knows more about that than us. Indeed. Then involved with Palestino by any chance? I Who think they went were. Went through the second round of the Copa Sudamericana last night. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, they were at some point. I don't know if they still are. I think a couple of them play in Israel even. Mm. So there's a little bit of connection there. But well. if anyone else knows any more of these these cases of South Americans who play for weird teams, then. You have my attention at least. Yeah. And what Andres was saying about Tempele's um, style of play as well is, is particularly interesting because obviously they're very much in the relegation zone and it's kind of unusual that a team, in, particularly in Argentina, um, try to play their way out of trouble, I guess in inverted commas, the right way. Um, I think a couple of Chicago played a lot like that last year, if I remember. Mm. True. Very good results. It Same. feels unusual then. Perhaps it's not. Perhaps, active, yeah. But it, it's, it's just strange to see, and you know. You assume that a team that's been bad enough to be in the bottom four of 30 teams over the last three years exactly. will play pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. So when they start playing well... Although in Tempo's case, it's only, it's only the last two years, in right. fairness to uh, right. but yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from River versus Tempo, we will uh, continue our tour of the Big Five with uh, Racing's glorious 1-0 win over Gymnasia, <laughs> which I know that Dan is, is just... Very eager oh, to tell yeah. us about. You were there, you said. I was, I was, to see that vintage display of football. It was a nice goal, actually, Latar Martinez, who will not be around for the next few weeks because he's off to be Argentina's standard bearer in the under-20s. A very nice uh, kind of first-time volley on the turn with his left foot. Yeah, go and pick that one out. Uh, there was a strange atmosphere in that game, actually. I don't know if you guys saw... In the stands, um, there was a big hole where the hinchada was supposed to be because they were protesting. When you, when you say hinchada, you mean barra. The barra, yeah. Right. Um, because the Guardia Imperial were protesting on Saturday uh-huh. for the. Um, what, how would you say? Oh, just because admission. of the police arrests the, in the previous home game? Or? More because 40 guys got banned from the stadium. They got banning orders. Mm-hmm. Or derecho de admisión, as it's known here. Uh, which. To be fair, like um, obviously we've said a lot about the bar and I think if anyone saw the the ammunition these guys were packing when they got arrested the other week, I think it was against Atletico Tucumán, right? Two uh, weeks ago. That sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. Um, you can say, well, fair enough, you can 
you can, you're probably all right banning them. But it does seem that um, I've been reading quite a bit on Twitter, you know, um, accounts from other people who were reached by this banning order, and it seems pretty arbitrary the way they did it uh, because it wasn't, you know, ah, you you guys in the Guardia Imperial or you guys are in the Steins um, or whatever, we're going to ban you. It was basically anyone who in the last year or so has been picked up by police for any sort of contravention around the stadium. And I think um, we all know what the Buenos Aires province police are like. They're fairly arbitrary to start with. There was a guy, for example, who um, had jumped in to defend one of his mates when he got set upon by by a group of one of the barras or the other mm. uh, got chapped out because both of them got, got the shit kicked out of them and once they were outside the stadium they then got lifted by police chucked in the back of a van and since they had that against them against their record they then have now been banned from from any sporting events for the next year wow so I don't that's not a double whammy that's about a quadruple whammy I think yeah well, and there was a couple of other stories as well about uh, other guys who've been who've been picked up around the stadium in other games for, for smoking a joint or, or whatever and they've also been lumped in with this group yeah, so with these groups who have tried to take yeah. sort of semi-automatic weapons into the stadium yeah, yeah so it's basically don't believe the hype it's you know typical of these security authorities they like to show ah look we've come in and we've banned 50 of these guys these violent elements but You'd probably be fair in saying yeah, that for every five of the violent guys and four yeah, for every badder or actual problem guy, they've probably lobbed in another three who were smoking a joint around the corner from the but stadium. But it, it, it's nice of the badder to protest the rights of these innocent citizens who've been it wrongly was. denied their entry. Well, yeah, Greece and have solidarity. What well, yeah, very world. very sarcastic for the benefit of listeners who can't tell when I'm being sarcastic, which uh, I know there are some of you out there. It may seem crazy, but uh, there was another badder protesting today. Uh, the Mauro Martin who is a Boca Barra I was about to yes, is they're not going to be allowed in the Bombonero right yes he, he won't be allowed because he's processed and he said that well if he isn't allowed to get into the stadium mm. so Macri shouldn't be yeah, because they, he's they, also processed they've both got legal um, uh, the president of legal trials pending or whatever yeah. against them yeah um, sounds, I think sounds that, good yeah. here at least he is I reckon most Boca fans would, would happily sign that yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but the game itself, the game itself, yeah, pretty low key. Racing had a decent first half, got forward a lot. Probably could have scored a bit more. Relaxed in the second, played an awful second half to be honest. Uh, it looked a lot tighter than the other weeks. I think if you see how many goals Racing have conceded and scored in the last three or four games, yeah, plenty. Um, in fact, we mentioned that. Last week, didn't we, Andres? The, the number that, of clean sheets that they managed to keep in their previous six matches, which was none. none. Uh, <laughs> their, their previous results were 2 1, 3 2, 2 1, seven, 4 1, 4 3, nil 3, and now 1 nil. So, congratulations on the clean sheet. Yeah, the clean sheet was, was very welcome. The game wasn't that great, and now we're going into the, the Classico against Independiente without Marcos Acuna and without Lautaro Martinez. But the good news is you're playing Independiente at home. This is yeah. So, this gives us sorry. Uh, Independiente, uh, Independiente's home. I mean, which which means that Independiente are going to struggle to win um, because they got yet another win on the road um, at the weekend. We might as well make them the next big. This run is amazing. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um, 
it was a thoroughly entertaining match. Uh, another early goal, as I've mentioned, Peter hasn't been on for a while, but I have. Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago um, that I, I'd been talking to him about this, and, and he feels that it works particularly well for them when they score early, because it means that, it's, particularly away from home, obviously, it gives them a lot more space to work in. Yeah, they're and a they team that well. counter well, that get forward really, really quickly. And, and, yeah. and they're also a team who now, under Orlando, are, are beginning to you know they're looking increasingly confident with their finishing as well which means that if they can score early and create the space they're going to be pretty clinical in putting chances away um and yeah since Orlando took charge which obviously was was in january so basically since the 16th round of games don't forget their 15th round uh, match only got played a bit later on um because of the state of the pitch in cordoba uh independiente have played it's very easy actually looking down the form guides you can tell without even looking at where the venue was which are the home ones and which are the away games they've played four home they've played four away they've drawn all of the ones at home and they've won all of the ones away um, and the most recent one I think if anything proves that it's not necessarily a fluke uh, it's not just that they're beating really bad teams on the road no this was the big the, the first also. big test away and they and they came through it very well indeed um, so it's going to be interesting again we will preview the classicals a bit later but it's going to be really interesting to see um, how they how they do at home in a high pressure game uh, against well in front of sorry uh, a bunch of fans who I, I think are probably happy for the upturn in style and in general form but are getting increasingly impatient for a home win under the new yeah manager. and if it doesn't come on Sunday they're going to be a lot lot less, yeah. less patient uh, Emiliano Rigoni scored Independiente's second and was very good I thought and Ezequiel Barcos again Barcos Barcos sorry I keep talking in Barcos yeah. Barcos <laughs> without an S thank you Andres just um, one singular not was, yeah. <laughs> was superb uh, is he going to the Club World Cup I lost track of that yeah, no. the under 20 World Cup he won't no he won't sorry the under 20 World Cup yeah, no. he's not going to the Club World Cup I'm pretty yes. confident that's not going to happen but yeah um, no they asked for him to stay and he's staying as Which we, means uh, now Walter Erviti won't be able to play against Racing because if Barco had gone, then they would have been able to uh, ask uh, for the two-two-five and get him back in. As a Racing fan, I would think that you'd rather be playing against Erviti than Barco in, in current form. No? Mm. Erviti's been good, but Barco to me is. Erviti plays, um, I think, a more important but role in the team. You will feel that Dominguez midfield together. Mm. Barco, they've got Rigoni, they've got Benitez, they've, no, got, true, they've yeah. got other guys who can just slot in this. Maybe I'm being a bit I don't think Barco, he probably will play now, but if Verviti was there, I, I doubt he would even have started the. That, that the was classic. today because uh, I heard, I think today, that Neri <coughs> Dominguez will replace Verviti as he's suspended and that they. Yes, well, they can't ask for a 225 article because, yes, Barco isn't there. Mm. Yes, I thought you said that, yes, yeah. they will ask. For the for benefit it. of listeners... They could have. Could have, would have, should have. For yes. the benefit of listeners who are wondering what the bloody hell we're going on about, Article 225 is um, an, an article in the AFAS uh, regulations which allows clubs who have had a player injured on international duty or called up for international duty mm-hmm. um, to have the suspension of one of their other players uh, put off... Suspended, um, ...until that player is back. So... As Dan says, uh, he, he put, puts it very succinctly, had Barco gone to the under-20 World Cup, um, Independiente could have asked to have a BT suspension suspended, as it were, as you say, um, until after uh, Barco gets back. Okay, it's a very silly article, yes. not least because... Do you reckon it's silly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the way that it's applied can be silly a lot of the time, because sometimes you'll get sort of kids who are going off to the under-20s, mm. 
and who've played sort of two games ever for the first team of their club um, and they'll get injured mm. on international duty and let's say um, Fernando Gago gets sent off in a match and Bocca go oh we sort of actually we want to be able to play him so can we have it put back until this kid who's just broken his leg and he's going to be out for six months and we're not going to be using anyway until he gets back and uh, it's, I'm, you know I pick Fernando yeah. Gago as an example that you know it's not just Bocca by any means who do it everybody does it it's open to abuse I'll admit it's open to abuse but it can work in other situations like say if uh, Gustavo Bo for example mm-hmm. picked up a yellow against Gimnasia and he then missed Independiente then you've got another guy like Lautaro Martinez who's a you know, now don't start a first yeah, sure. and then he's gone. But yeah. Martinez, it could be, yeah, maybe. Lautaro Martinez is, is okay, not as important as Bell for the team, but he's, he's playing a lot for Racing. Oh, he's been doing really. Whereas you see it sometimes yeah. with, you know, literally, I think they have to have been involved in the match day squad a certain, in a certain yeah. percentage of the games in the last six months. But you see kids who've never actually played, they've just been right. on the bench sort of ten times. Yeah, um, maybe, to, you know, depending on, stu- you getting know, injured or whatever, five right? appearances or and ten appearances. Of Boca is Parts more a cheat than in Racing's because they will ask for Peruzzi to play mm-hmm. uh, because Marcelo Torres, Chelo ah, Torres is right. a, a, <laughs> the, the 20 <laughs> national team and he hasn't any, played any single minute. So, so having yeah. said that, I was just picking Fernando Gago as a random example. It turns out that actually Boca right. You're there, in the right neighbourhood. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I apologise and thank you for pointing that out, Andres. And Gago um, won't be suspended; he'd be injured. Let's be honest. Yes, that is more likely. Uh, San Lorenzo are the other big five club who we've not mentioned yet. They got a 2-1 win at home to a surprisingly drab Rosario Central. Except that really it wasn't a surprisingly drab Rosario Central because they've been that drab all season. Um, And Nestor Rodrigosa penalty. Surprise, surprise. Lovely penalty. Opened the scoring, it was indeed. And Matias Caruso doubled the lead before uh, Teo Gutierrez managed to pull one back for Central in the second half. Um, Central actually wanted to talk about Central's form more than San Lorenzo's because we've talked about San Lorenzo a fair bit this season. Central, they've been drowned. They're coming off a a pretty impressive run of of wins but it sort of doesn't feel like they have when you watch them. The thing is they had such a bad first half of the season that it's like they've won what seven out of ten so far. They won three league games the first sort of before the the celebration. They won what seven out of nine or seven out of ten Six out of the nine. Transformative power that Paolo Montero has had on them yeah. since joining from Colón. But they've um, been pretty desperate to watch as well. It's all been uh, yeah, one exactly. nil, two one. The, the glory days of Cudet. Central that hasn't got Marco Ruben in the team because uh, first his grandfather was attacked, mm. and then grandmother. He, then well, he died. Yeah. Grandfather, I think. I his, 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 grandma, his no, his grandfather died. Yeah, yes. I think. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't hear who was attacked. He was upset because of that, and I, as, mm. as far as I heard, it, it was like that. For, that that was the reason why he. Well, I don't know how many matches he will be absent because of that, but yeah, yes, yeah. But yeah, if, if during a robbery, yeah. If perchance any of Marco Ruben's uh, family or friends listen to Under Pod, I very much doubt it. But if you do, then our thoughts are with you. Yes. Um, <laughs> Non well, okay, San Lorenzo. Anything to say about their performance? Mm. Well done, <laughs> well done, San Lorenzo. Um, let's have a look at their form. Well, it was perhaps a match with the one thing four or five games in a row in all competitions. Yeah, they've got two, um, and then in the 
League and they've and two killed, in the yeah, two in the or something. So they're doing well, yeah. yeah. They started good. They started the year awfully, but no, they're getting there. They're getting there. Indeed, they are. Yeah. They're starting to play themselves into some form. And of course, they've got their classical this weekend, which is a way to order gamble. So that should be three points for San Lorenzo, given their no. recent record. In but that they classical. have on Wednesday, of course, we have this thing of the playing just the classical. When in the middle they have a, a, another match, who, which seems more important, of course for the supporters it's the Clásico, yeah. perhaps more important than any other match in the season, but in the case of San Lorenzo and in the case of River last night, um, in terms of the importance because of what comes next... Well, I think San Lorenzo's game, in fact, is, is yes. more important than River's was last night, because... Yes. Well, well, I mean, we'll mention River's last night a little later, but essentially it was, you know, if River had lost last night... It would have been like, well, okay, so yeah, it didn't really change. Whereas San Lorenzo need to win, still, uh, they, they need to keep this run of wins and the Libertadores going if, if their hopes are going to remain realistically alive. Um, okay, we may as well talk actually and just mention what happened with River mm. since I've just said it. It's the only Libertadores game of the week as well, so we may as well bung it in with the league games. Um, River's reserves on Wednesday night got a 1 1 draw at home to Emelec. Uh, the goal for River came from Mora. Of course it did. Yeah, I don't know why I was struggling a to remember. Penalty, that. which wasn't very. Uh, it didn't look like a penalty, yeah. but uh, it, it was generous. Yeah. Um, the result was about right. I yeah. thought, but yeah, the penalty probably shouldn't have been given. Um, and that means that River are through to the last 16 of the Copa Libertadores with two games still to go. It's the first game of this year's Libertadores, which they've not won. Um, but they are guaranteed to finish in the top two because Emelec and Independiente Medellin are playing each other next week so they can't both take maximum points which they will both need to do in order to put River out. So we have two Argentine teams already qualified. Godoy yes. Cruz and River. Yeah, we do, yes. Uh, yes, because Godoy Cruz, as we mentioned last week... The first team week, qualified. Um, yes. Qualified with that draw with... Oh, I'm forgetting now. With that, they and Atletico Mineiro are both qualified from that group. And yes, they drew. They, they got the draw. Yes, they've gone into the Sudamericana from that group already. Even though they're they were losing, then they got oh, the yeah. equalizer. And in the last play of the match against Mineiro, mm-hmm. it was Mineiro. Yeah, uh, they uh, Libertad last week. Ah, oh, Libertad. Yes, yeah, sorry, not Mineiro. The teachers are similar. Yeah, and Rodrigo Rey uh, made a magnificent save that uh, yeah, of course, prevent yeah, yeah. Libertad from scoring, and they made. Well, Cruz qualified to the... Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the league at the weekend then, outside the big five, we had Tacheres. What's happened to Tacheres? Three defeats in a row, as I said, I think. And I'm now going to click on their form guide to see whether I've remembered that properly. The players are too busy shooting up traffic. Uh, motorists to, oh, they are, right. to or, score or being held hostage by people who are shooting up motorists depending mm. on who you listen to um, sounds, it's two yeah. defeats in a row sorry sounds like a bit of an excuse to me three in the last four come on um, yeah he, uh, he Sebastian Palacios wasn't it <gasps> no sorry no, 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 no. Emmanuel Reynoso this one. Um, he's going to be playing against Belgrano always fingering the ex-Boca player so. at the Indies, yeah. instinct isn't it uh. <laughs> You think he's Viatri? Yeah, exactly. Lucas Viatri's given them a lot to live up to. Um, no, um, so Emmanuel Reynoso uh, is is going to be talked to by police and therefore was this morning reported as being a doubt for the Clásico in Belgrano uh, this weekend. It turns out he'll be able to play because the police interview is until Monday. Oh, that's good. So he's okay. Well, you know, must be a Tacheris van, uh, the commissioner. Presumably so. Um, but yeah, Tacheris, I mean... 
defeats to Kielmes and Diegler as well. We're not talking defeats to sort of the, the high flyers. And after the way they started the season... Yeah, they're still pretty pretty happy though, right? Like, the objective was to stay away from relegation and they're going to do it easy. Yeah, in the relegation table, they are 12th at the moment. Yeah. So they don't really have anything no, to worry about. Unless they lose all of their remaining matches, in which case they have got something yeah. to worry about. But I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt it. Um, is suffering the same... Perhaps thing that independent they used to suffer uh, some matches ago, which is to uh, create a lot of goals, goal opportunities, and not being able to to score to convert the, those yeah. opportunities. We could say they need to work on their shooting, yeah. but Reynoso <laughs> seemed to contribute that. Very good, done, well done. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, Jose Sand is now out on his own as Lanús' third all-time top goal scorer. He got two against Patronato. One from the penalty spot and one uh, from quite close range, if I remember. I can't. It's really a penalty remember. in every single game. It feels like I swear. that. Yeah. No one gets more penalties than San. So congratulations to him. Do you know the only team or the only team in the top half of the table or something you've not had a penalty awarded for them so far this season in the Premier? Boca. Boca. Third. Third. A year best. without a penalty. They're complaining about it non-stop as if they weren't top yes. of the league and the league's highest scorers. Third. A year without a penalty is they were hammering home one that. Fucking awful program that comes on TSA at one o'clock with. It's still your football. It's still your football. Yeah. Third maximum goal scorer in history for Lanús, and former story historic maximum goal scorer for River in the uh, youth divisions, minor divisions, <coughs> since Federico Andrada uh, outstanded him. Mm. But well, for uh, during its some time he was uh, the historical maximum goalkeeper, a uh, goalkeeper, uh, goal scorer. In the year division for River. Indeed. Huracan did well on Sunday um, against a very poor Aldo Civi side. I was more surprised not so much by Aldo Civi's poorness as by how Huracan actually created and took some chances. Uh, mm. I can't remember the last time they scored three. I'm now going to look it up and find that it was last <laughs> week. Um, this will be embarrassing. Just dun, watch. Dun, dun. Here we go. Last time Huracan scored three. Uh, they've not done it this season until yeah, yeah. this weekend so that was yeah thank fuck for that um, so well done Uricam uh, they're still very much in trouble let's go through I think the standings yeah because we've been recording for 40-ish minutes I think the the microphone battery's cut out at one point so I've lost track of how long we've actually been recording for so far listeners um, oh does anybody have anything to say about Colón against Atletico Tucumán since Atletico Tucumán are quite good this season and mm, not really I was impressed with them when they it. came to Racing uh, they've been doing right in the Libertadores uh, they've got Pulita Rodriguez who's the greatest player ever to live yeah and San Pedro is scoring goals as well luckily he didn't play against he's, Racing he's or they might have scored more than three he's injured oh that's a big blow for him um, he's out for a, I think the rest of the season at least I apologise by the way if you can hear that um car alarm going off in the background but if we stopped until they switched that off we might be sitting here until midnight this is true um, so yeah let's go through the standings and the championship before obviously we preview these um, the the weekend of classicals after the, the break um, Boca as I said earlier are top with 49 points Newell's are second with 45 San Lorenzo and Colón both have 43 River are fifth with 42 points, but as I said earlier, have that game in hand, um, which is what could make the title race a bit more interesting if they can win in La Bombonera on Sunday. Racing also have 42 points. Banfield are on 42. Estudiantes are on 41. And I'm going to have, therefore, to give Independiente the uh, 
benefit of the doubt if we're rounding up the title race contenders as well because they've got 38 and also have a game in hand so could potentially join Estudiantes mm. realistically we're going to be a lot wiser after Sunday um, River in terms up. of who's in the title race River and up for me the rest are too far beyond you reckon? yeah so you're not uh, optimistic about Racing's hopes of, of getting up there if River can win the Super Classic or nah it's too far I, think I, I suspect you're probably right. Um, so yeah, Boca, Newells, San Lorenzo, Colón, River for the moment at the title race, but that could very well just be Boca on their own if, if Boca win the Super Clásico and Central win the Clásico Rosarino. Um, it's almost there, yes. Almost then, you know, that, that, that could be Boca virtually over the line. In the relegation zone, Sarmiento are now bottom of the table because, as I mentioned, Atletico de Rafaela... Oh, I was slightly wrong, actually. They're not up to one point per game. They've now got 87 points from 88 matches, cool. which means that they leapfrog Sarmiento the first time for about what feels like all season. In fact, I think it is all season. That Atletico de Rafaela have not been bottom of the relegation zone. Well done, them. They're still in the relegation zone, but they're not bottom anymore. So Sarmiento bottom, Atletico de Rafaela second, Arsenal de Sarandia third bottom. They've been hovering around the safety zone the entire season, and now they've actually dropped down two places into it Tempele complete the relegation zone and then just above it you've got Quilmes Olimpo Aldo Sibi and Huracan probably Patronato are not quite safe just yet but I think realistically Huracan is still in danger and mm. down everybody from there down is, is um, Mille should be alright yeah for another season I, I, would, I would think yeah I mean we, we've mentioned this a few times in recent weeks we've sort of said one week oh well it should be okay and then the next week after they've lost we go oh they could get dragged down there again and then the following week they're going to win and, um, but I think now really with those maths Benes have got 103 points and the next the, the team in the relegation zone or well let's say Kielmas Kielmas have played the same number of, of games they're just above they've got 94 so they're like it's, not, it's a nine point difference would you say it's too early to be looking at who might join us next year? Oh no, we've been asked that uh, several times in the last few weeks. Well, it's very sure much like it's going to be Argentinos Juniors and uh, Guillermo Brown, doesn't it? Guillermo Brown. Certainly Argentinos Juniors, because they're running away with it from what I remember seeing before. Gabriel Heinze's title. I saw somebody on Twitter say uh, yesterday that um, Gabriel Heinze's Argentinos Juniors are playing some of the best football in the country, regardless of the division. It's, well, yeah, they are playing in the second division of a country whose first division has got 30 teams so it's not like the yeah. position are particularly good well, but they've got 60 points and the team in second Guillermo Brown have 50 and Chicago and Chicago have also got 50 but have played one game more than Brown someone's dropped um, off really badly there because so I remember Chicago a couple times. of weeks ago were way before. there were three teams with 50 Chacarita have got 49 they've also yeah. only played 31 games that, uh, 30 games so in fact they could go second if, if they were to win Ferrer to lose and yeah Ferrer was he Dan's beloved Indeed, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to... I mean, Argentinos are all but up from the look of it. Although there are still loads of games to go. There are still like 11 matches left. Mm. Um, but I think it's going to be Argentinos and then fingers crossed for Ferro. I'd like to see Ferro back in the Primera. Yeah, why not? Heard so much about it. Never seen it yet. So let's go for that. Um, but yeah, those are the standings-ish so far. Mm. Uh, we're going to take a break now. We're going to refill our glasses. And when we come back, we will preview this very exciting and not at all overblown weekend of Classicals that's coming up.
the 24th round of the uh, Primera División is finally upon us a month later than it should have been because of the delay over the summer, of course. And that means that this is the round of the Clásicos and also of some other matches that are Clásicos. Mm. But teams have been drawn against uh, each other out of a hat to play home and away against these sides in an idea that completely distorts the Not quite out of a hat. I mean, there's some logic to the other... Is the that? other games. Well, two of them appear to be playing each other because they're both called Atletic or something. Cause they're fa- nah, because they're fairly close to each other, I'd say. Fairly. But last season it was Atletico Rafael against Andal Civi. Yeah. What sense is there to that? Anyway, they both begin with A. Yeah. Um, the fixtures for this weekend on Friday, which uh, for the first of you who are listening might well be this evening. I- I'm going to try and get this on um, sort of very late at night our time rather than waiting until Friday afternoon. But even so... For those of you listening in Europe, it'll be tonight, basically. Um, is San Martin against Godoy Cruz, the Clásico de Cusho, who, of course, just played the first one of those two weeks ago, and it was a nil-nil draw in Mendoza. Um, on Saturday, that's the only game on Friday night, on Saturday we have the Clásico Cordobes Again. between Tacheres and Belgrano in, um, in Tacheres Stadium, the Mario. Tacheres being the home side in exactly the same stadium that uh, these teams played against each other three weeks ago Um, and that one therefore will presumably have fans because it's a Tacheres home game not a Belgrano home game right? Yes Of course Belgrano aren't allowed fans in when they play there but um, they're away this week Um, Then also at two o'clock oh they're both on at the same time that's a show Estudiantes against Gimnasia in the La Plata Clásico In Quilmes for some reason Oh yeah, of course, because um, the um, the Estadio Nicolás La Plata is going to be used for some events for the province of Buenos Aires in the next few weeks. So Estudiantes are playing in Quilmes for the first, well, they're playing in Quilmes this weekend, and they're going to have to find elsewhere to play uh, for the next few home games as well. Didn't they open their own stadium? Not yet. It's uh, not. It's not mm-hmm. finished quite yet. Not quite. Finished. The finishing uh, touches they on. should just go for it. I mean, it didn't stop Independiente, right? No, it did. Um, a little later on Saturday afternoon, the Clásico del Sur between Banfield and Lanús. Um, then, the, as I said earlier, the Clásico Atleticense between Atletico de Rafaela and Atletico Tucumán. It's not a Clásico, I was joking. Um, before, oh, no, hang on, that's not the last game, sorry. Uh, Huracán against San Lorenzo is at 8 o'clock on... No, it's not, it's at 18 o'clock, 6 o'clock on Saturday night. And Olimpo versus Aldo Civi, which is not a Clásico, but they are at least... Yeah, in the southern bit of it's, Buenos Aires. It's a coastal classico. Um, at 7.30 on Saturday night. Then on Sunday, we have the Santa Fe Classico at 2 o'clock. The Rosario Classico, uh, that's Colón against Union. The Rosario Classico between Newells and Central at 3. The Super Classico between Boca and River at La Bomonera is at 5. Independiente Racing, the Classico del. Uh, classico del Sur. Classico de Avellaneda uh, is at 7. I'm sure that anybody working in the police force or other security organisation is going to be delighted to have those two matches one mm. after the other so close together um, then uh, a Clásico I didn't know it was a Clásico between Patronato and Sarmiento in Paraná uh, I think we can venture a guess that that's going to be the least watched game of the week possibly. oh um, Arsenal Temperley are giving some competition Ar- Arsenal Temperley is at least sort of an actual Clásico from back when they were both in the yeah. competitions if, if you ask their fan, if you ask particularly the Temple fans, I think Arsenal like to pretend that they're classicals against the Independiente in Racing, but um, we know otherwise. It's against El Porvenir, I think. Uh, yes. Historically. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Defensively, it was Decia host Quilmes on Monday evening. It's sort of classic or two. Might be. Uh, yeah, I guess Tigre is yeah. a bit of a rivalry, but it's not mm. full-on Clásico. But then maybe Chicago aren't in the uh, at the moment, and nor are all boys who mm. would... All boys, I think, bizarrely, would count as a Clásico for both of those teams. Yes. I've yes. heard that they've got a rivalry with Tigre, even though Tigre mm. and Vélez aren't particularly big rivals themselves between one another. Anyway. Um, who would Tigre's Clásico be against Platense? Yes, because yes, of the, uh, the place, the, the zone, they are yeah. close one each other but apart from obviously the ones involving the teams that we support gents which is the classic one that you're most looking forward to this weekend mm, it's always worth keeping an eye on Newell Central mm. because it's probably it's, you know one of the biggest classicos in terms of you know population which supports each team and and the fact the whole city is divided uh, in plain terms Actually, you'd have to say in plain terms, uh, this time around, Boca River is yeah. going to be the one that means the most. Particularly after last time when we were previewing it by saying, look, it's the Super Classico, it's going to be awful. And then it turned out to be actually a really bloody good game for mm. the first time in about 12 years or something. The last Super Classico of Tevez? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Boca winning 4-2 in the Monumental. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with... Uh, Yes, obviously not being able to pick the Super Classico but I, I would agree with that Newell Central is going to be the one to watch partly because of what we were saying earlier about how if River can get the win and also then if Newell's can beat Central uh, well just before that match in fact um, the title race then suddenly becomes a three way race very much between three sides all of whom um, I would also well, are going to be up there on merit in the, in the racing Uh, it was the last super, uh, classical between them that Vicente uh, Lopez scored that bicycle kick. The last uh, away classical oh. for Racing. Yeah, last last time. home classical we won 3 Ah, Ah, yes. Uh, but I remember that because of Rodriguez, Russo Rodriguez doing this with his hand. Uh, Waiting for a bus, yeah. Hands up and was <laughs> because he was asking for an upside. In that was almost his last game, I think, in Independiente. After yeah. that, it kind of. He just sort of got chucked out. Mm. And rightly so. So, yeah, the intrigue is going to be around Sunday afternoon, obviously. I'd, I'd like to give, before we talk about this at full length, let's give some love to the La Plata Classico, which always has the potential to throw up something just completely nuts. Mm. Um, it, it's a bit of a shame that it's going to be held in Quilmes rather than in La Plata, obviously. But About something completely uh, being completely nuts, we forgot to mention when we uh, uh, talked about in the Estudiantes Boca, When we, talk, so <laughs> when we talked about Estudiantes Boca and something going completely nuts was the way that he, or he said that uh, the way that uh, the Estudiantes youth players went out of the stadium mm-hmm. uh, the, Juan Foyt the ah, they went in helicopter and yeah. Azcacibar, yes, the helicopter oh, to join up with the national uh, yes. with the other yeah. 20s, yeah Yeah, and I saw a picture tweeted of the, of the helicopter beforehand. Ah, oh. oh, maybe Estudiantes are using the 225 to get Mivas back on the bench. Uh, oh, that's... Yeah. Ooh, yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can we do this? They can try. They can try, yeah. Why not? They're perfectly within their rights to ask yeah. and be told to piss off if they can't. But yeah, as we said, this is the AFA, so they'll probably, just, they'll probably get away with it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, I mean that, that that's got the potential to be entertaining. It is, of course, at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. so it does depend how nice the weather is as to whether I'm actually going to watch it or not. 
the, the way the reason why they play so early is because of the security mm. issues. Mm. But they yeah, don't so have nothing, any no. away supporters in the in the classicos. Or, it or doesn't really matter, though, does it? <laughs> no. Yes, the time is perhaps yeah. nonsense anyway. Yeah, indeed. Um, the classical is sort of it feels like the most muted one in a while between Banfield and London. Well, they played of them a while ago, up right? There yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the action really is, as you say, it's on Sunday, um, where we have to sort of discuss because this is what's crucial to, to the title race I'm not, I'm not just saying this because Andres and I are River fans but you know the, the question has to be um, can River get revenge on on Boca and, and get a win in La Bombonera it's, to really blow the title race it's going to be tough I mean River going into it as the form team uh, they're playing a lot better than, than Boca at the moment but Boca really do need a result in this they're going to be Hyper motivated for this game, even more than River, possibly. All the pressures on them. Um, I think River, if they come away with a draw, then they'd say, "Not a bad day at the office. This yeah. is fine." Uh, Boca need to win. So I, I think it's an interesting one because I think if it, if it wasn't such a big derby match, mm. you know, if if these two teams didn't have any rivalry and they were just coming in in the form that they're both in at the moment, you'd feel fairly confident in saying, "Yeah, that should be a River win." Away but, from home. Against the league yeah, leaders, yeah, but, but even then, I mean, it's not as if I mean, Boca have been beaten away from home by uh, who was it recently? Gutierrez, and they've drawn with recently. With, that was you know, in I think the first game after no, after games. the break. Let's have a look. No, they've only lost once this season. Like they've drawn a lot of games, but exactly. Only, yeah, but, I mean, they've like, only actually been earlier, beaten they've, once. They've dropped points in three yeah. of the last four games. Not not all at home. No, that's um, what I'm that's what I'm saying. A draw. They're not. They're not in fantastic form. No. Whereas River have won seven and drawn two of the last nine league games. Um, I, I would, if it weren't for the fact that it's such a massive rivalry, I feel sort of pretty confident about saying yeah, River also. <coughs> but of course, it's the Super Classical, which ends up throwing a whole load of other nerves in there. Which is why we said that the last one was going to be awful because they normally are awful. Boca will have the last one was really good, which probably means this one is going to be shit again. Boca will have Centurion again because he we, we have been mentioning that. He was injured, and, he, and there were no no one at Boca saying that mm. he would arrive mm. in, in good, good conditions to the Super Classico. And he has already played against Estudiantes. And this week, when his teammates were had her their free day, their day, their day off, he continued trying to have his uh, rodilla. I always forget his knee. His knee uh, in even better conditions. Yeah. For, for the for the super classico because uh, someone will say that the river especially Poncio the real players will look for the the ones who are not in their at uh, their 100% like him like Gago who also was uh, injured and recovered and played in the starting lineup against yeah. the Estudiantes um, yeah but it will be tough but the one who who is uh, who needs a victory is River because Boca could play with this. Not for, of course they won't be uh, with a huge advantage. If, if News wins, they won't. But if News gets a draw also yeah. or, or, yeah. or loses, and they they draw against River, Boca draws against River. That will be different. Which, from the spectators' point of view, I mean, I mean, from, from the point of view of those of us who are going to be basically sitting on our sofas and, and watching all the games over the course of Sunday afternoon, sort of makes it. Um, 
a little more intriguing as well. But I guess if you're Kishemo Barasekki Lotto, then you basically just you want to seal off the Boca dressing room and say, right, nobody's allowed to pay any attention at all to what happens in Rosario. You're not allowed to go onto the pitch in La Bombonera for that game, knowing whether Newell's beat Central or not. Because if Central beat Newell's and, and Newell better or you can even, sort of even see losing. it going, oh, no, they might relax a bit now like we, when we can't afford this. I don't um, think there's any danger of that. I, I don't think They're there's too much, but I think really, really up for it. psychologically speaking, if you want your team to be really in the zone, mm. it makes sense to tell them, look, you're not allowed to pay attention to it. You're not allowed to to do anything at all, depending on... Well, Boca has that, to play against Newell's. I don't remember the, 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 the following... Round or the it other is, one? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're at home so, to River this weekend and, and home they're at, at home to yes. Newell's the following weekend. Yeah. yeah, two games that can wrap up the championship, really. Yeah. Mm. If they win those two games, you've got to say yes. they're leagues over, right? If, if, to be honest, I think if they draw those two games, then they still end up with a fair bit of a cushion and then their last matches are Huracan away, at home to Independiente, which is dangerous, but then Aldo Civi, Olimpo, Union to close mm. out. And Union, if it was in Santa Fe, would be dangerous, but... It's it's yeah. against Union in La Bombonera, um, so I think it, I think with draws against River and Newells, Boca are going to be big favourites for the title. Yeah, oh they are. That's anyway, just incredible they how they with draws in almost all of the last matches they could grab the, the championship because of of course that means that the mm. the ones who were behind them were 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 worse because. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, I mean, it, it's also a testament too. I mean, you know, we we, we spent quite a bit of time slacking off. How Boca play and how attractive they are to watch in this game, but it, uh, in, in this podcast, but it is testament to how difficult they are to beat. They've lost twice all season away. Um, sorry, uh, not away. They, they've lost twice all season. Full stop. Once away, once at home, um, and they've won the majority of their other games. There, there was that period in the first half of the season where it was win, draw, win, draw, win, draw, win, draw. So I remember San Lorenzo being criticised last time they they become became champions. Because they were champions basically like this. Uh, mm. Winning, drawing, winning, drawing. Not being uh, consistent with their wins. Yeah, but in this league, if you don't, if you don't lose many games... You don't lose, you're going to be up, up there. there. Yeah. Boca have lost twice and the next lowest number of defeats um, is four. That's for Newell's, uh, River, Estudiantes, Independiente. They've all only lost four. So... You know, getting draws instead of if, uh, instead of losses works. It turns out. Who'd have thought? They've also won one more than anybody else has. <laughs> uh, no, they're there because they deserve it. The now the question yeah. is, can they close it out? Indeed. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a very big Super Classico, and the, the fascinating thing, the same thing that was interesting when we were previewing the last one as well, is that this right now, sort of both of the teams have actually. Uh, are there or thereabouts and have got a reasonable chance mm. if, if if Boca win the league then sorry if, if Boca win the Super Classico then you're looking at it and going well okay that, that's pretty much the league title wrapped up if River win the Super Classico then they could very well go on to, to overtake Boca and, and, and to win it given the form that they're in um, and River has uh, we, we said this but uh, perhaps this time we, we, can, we may forget that that they have to play against Atletico Tucumán still mm. because both had a, super, a Libertadores round or match and, and they postpone that match precisely yeah yes yeah. so they have they have that game in hand if, if they win it then <coughs> as I said earlier we'd go level on points with, with Newell's you know assuming that the situation doesn't change between now and then in fact they'll be by the look of it they're playing at Atletico Tucumán next after the Boca game um, so they won't have that game in hand for very much longer 
and so we ought to find out fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, the super class, it, it, it's a. I, I heard that they will class. play against Diego Dugman in the FIFA round. Really? Yes. Interesting. There you go. Which round was in it? June. Oh. In June. Well, they got fr- Argentina, got a friendly in Australia. Yes, so that right? that uh, points Brazil. Because uh, this says, which means that if Sampoli oh, yeah. is in charge and they, if they, he calls up any river uh, <laughs> player, well, it will be another problem. I think you're right. Yeah, the the table, the fixture list that I was looking at, um, was implying that they were playing Atlético Tucumán sort of midweek next week. But yeah, uh, that doesn't appear to be no. the case now that I've actually looked up the date. You're right. Um, Classico de Avellaneda done? Hey. For it. It's a shame that Peter's not here, obviously. As, as it's also a shame that Fran wasn't able to make it here in the end mm. to, for the, the Super Classico. But. It's going to be a tough one. You've got two teams that are in pretty decent form. Uh, Racing have lost only twice since since the season reconvened. Independiente have gone unbeaten, but Racing have, you know, whatever games they haven't lost, they've won. Which is why basically they're in uh, they're in contention for the Libertadores next year. Uh, both teams have shown they can score goals. Independiente mm, have been a little better at not letting them in, but what we saw last week from Racing was encouraging in that sense. Uh, it's really fifty fifty. Uh, yeah. If you look at Racing's record, you can pretty much bet against the draw. I think. Yeah, I mean. I- I said just a couple of minutes ago that River's record in their last nine league games has been seven wins, two draws, and Racing's record in their last nine league games has been almost as good, seven wins and two defeats, um, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. you, you know, as well. Um, and it's it's a very short journey. Independiente's record, meanwhile, since the start of the year, I think we mentioned it earlier, but just Five. to go back over it again, is four draws all at home and four victories mm-hmm. all away. Um, and plenty of clean sheets four clean sheets in that run as well one nil-nil draw and then three of the wins away have been with clean sheets mm-hmm. um, so yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see what breaks first whether it's Racing's habit of not drawing any matches ever or whether it's Independiente's habit of drawing all of their home games something's going to snap and Racing will something's got to give yeah. Racing won't have a Acuna they won't no yeah. is he injured? yes Ooh. Even when he hasn't been playing the last matches the way he used to play before. Uh, no, he's absolutely key for uh, Racing. Absolutely key. But we got Lissandro back and we're hoping for another Lissandro last minute bicycle kick. And ball back. And ball back. Ball back. Ball back. Indeed. Yeah. So it's going to be a fascinating. It's going to be a um, cracker, I'm sure. Particularly Sunday evening of or afternoon of matches. Um, into Sunday evening, perhaps a bit less so with well, Patronato against Sarmiento is on almost the same time as Independiente de Racing, and then Arsenal Temple, I suspect, will be. Perhaps uh, the only oh, match. On Monday, in fact, one I'll of the few matches. That. That's a relegation argument. That will probably end up being about 5 4 or something. But nobody's going to be watching it. <laughs> one of the few Point matches in. that is not, uh, one, it's not worth to watch, perhaps. Yeah. Patronato against Sarmiento is. <laughs> but no, it should be a tasty weekend. Of course, for, for relegation zone, it will be interesting, but. In the point of view of the spectators, we have Boca River, Independiente Racing, Colón Unión, even. It yeah, Colón. I don't think Patronato Sarmiento is going to get get much love. No, indeed. Um, I managed to get into our Twitter account eventually during hey. the break. So here are some listeners' questions. Brett Elmer, 
asks, Evening, gents. Could you please update us on Askasibar's move to Europe? Any potential Centurion move and Nicolas Colasso's future? Nicolas Colasso is in Australia, Australia right? Yeah, that, that's why Brett's asking about him. Brett's from Australia. Ah, I see. Um, why is Nozzy down here? I'm sure he's best mates with Colasso by now. Indeed, yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, uh, I hear that they go to the same bars all the time. Is he still a Boca player? No. No? Yeah, he was sold, wasn't he? In he was this, uh, Melbourne, is he up? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I did a profile of him for ESPN when he signed for them, so I should know. Well, you should know this. He, he was already a yellow hair, and now he might, his hair might be even more even more yellow because in Melbourne, in Australia, I think, I imagine sunny, sunny mm. weather all the time. Yeah, and also I think it's the law that Australian males have to bleach their hair or something. Must so, be, yeah. But in terms of the how he's playing, I just don't know. Mm. Um, Sibar has, has got to be off, surely. You think so, wouldn't it? I, haven't, I can't remember hearing any an, an impressive destinations. For impressive him. performance at the, un, at the uh, Under-20 World Cup, mm. and I suspect we'll be hearing about definite yeah. destinations or potential he destinations. He seems very much like a Simeone player, right? You think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, whether Simeone is at Atletico so or, or at Inter, possibly. Uh, we'll leave Cranavita there at Atletico and have a Simeone player and then bring. After Simeone. watching Arsura last night, I think Arsura has more style of Simeone. Mm. Kicking, 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 and kicking. Oh, in terms of the chopping, yeah. yeah. Arsura, yeah. of course, played for River last night against Everton, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not been anything sort of definite talked no. about, about Ascasiba and for Centurion. Centurion's on loan at Boca, isn't he's he? He's on loan. The move yes. for Centurion is if he goes to Boca or not. That's he must negotiate with some on the table yeah. at the moment. I mean, I, I, I find it difficult to imagine a European club going after Centurion purely because of the mentality. I, I think that would put them off. He's already been to clubs, Europe once. Clubs, yeah, true, but he came back. With he did come back. Between Just between to mention, clubs, clubs, clubs elsewhere in South America, you know, he's fantastically talented, mm. and if you can get him to... Focus on just to mention it's getting better, I think you know, yeah, yeah. slowly but surely. But, but if I reckon was, a couple more years, in... but if I was a head scout or a head coach at a European club and you were looking yeah. into sort of players, I'd sort of look at his record and go, mm, Can we? You know, you'd have to trust yourself quite a lot to put yeah. him on the straight and narrow. Just to mention that the Sao Paulo and Boca like switched, switched uh, Centurion and uh, Chavez. And Chavez, Chavez is now yeah. at Sao Paulo, and Sao Paulo mm. wants Chavez to stay. Mm-hmm. And he prefers they prefer Chavez than Centurion. Yeah. So that's that. Boca would appear to prefer Centurion to Chavez. I mean, given Chavez was good for Boca, but Centurion's been been fantastic for them this season. He's been one of the bright spots of a pretty bright season overall. Uh, yeah. You know, again, although we snag off their start and plays, he and they have, have done very well. No, Ricky's been fantastic this year. It's been a pleasure to watch him. Um, I'd like to see him stay in Argentina, even if that means him staying in Boca. Indeed. If he Bob. wants to come back to Racing, I'll take him as well. That'd be an interesting link-up with Bo and Acuna. And well, last time it happened, we, we won the league. Indeed. Bob Roberts says, Viva should keep his shirt on. What? Rossi's punch clearance was clean. Um, he says, Cavachara was unlucky to be in the way. Do we agree? I, yes. I mean, I didn't pretty much what all, we saw. Right? And that's basically... I agree with everything apart from the fact that Viva should keep his shirt on. Because that... <laughs> That was mental and brilliant. Magnificent specimen of a man. Indeed. Um, Dawson Pies says, which club has the best narrative behind their title challenge? Yeah. Reading Dan's article about Newell's situation made me wonder about this. Well, thank you. I, I like to provoke thought occasionally um, mm. with my writing. Uh, no, this was referring to 
Newell's pretty desperate uh, financial situation. I mm. uh, don't know if you guys saw a couple of weeks ago their whole non-football staff went on strike because of unpaid wages and then the players sort of joined in as well. Uh, they went to training in their, in their civvies, to put it like that, and I think it all got resolved in the end. But they're still in a pretty desperate state because a lot yeah. of the money that comes into uh, Newell's uh, as soon as it hits their accounts, it gets embargoed. Uh, from, like, their assets frozen because of uh, Eduardo Lopez, the former president. Yes. Like the multiple court cases that he has against him for corruption and God knows what else. Uh, they were in a bit of a state, but I guess that's a fairly decent narrative. You know, don't pay your debts and get re- rewarded with sporting success. But the, the player received the check and it was had no funds. Yeah, bottomless. So yeah. Yeah. Bottomless yeah, I mean, checks, beyond yeah. that. If, if we're talking about the potential title race as it might be this time next week of Boca mm. River Newells mm. uh, if as, as we've already said if, if River win and Newells win um, yeah there's not so much of a narrative behind oh Boca could win the league or River could win the league that's you know from the neutral point of view that's like oh whoopee yeah <laughs> so, no the best well, narrative from Newells coming through to take it would uh, yeah. Yeah. the best narrative from my point of view would be Racing getting rejuvenated after Diego Coca came back and going on to win another league under under the great man because it would be the narrative that makes me happy and that, I don't think anyone would begrudge me that although I've got to point out Colón are fourth but Colón you know, they, 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 they're level on points with San Lorenzo they've got a, at least as good a chance of winning the league as Racing have at the mm. moment so but that, that's in charge and indeed given that Newell's won the league as recently as 2012 yeah, yeah no, but who's in charge of Colón at the moment I don't need to. I wanted to go to Colón, yeah. especially after they lost Montero in, in mid-season. Mm. As, as and they lost Montero too to answer the so question you just asked, Dan. Um, it, yes, sorry, to Central, but then they replaced him with. I'm trying to remember before he comes up on the screen. No, um, it's uh, uh, Yeah, Mariano Gonzalez. He went to Colón, didn't he? Okay. Let's, let's scroll down and see. Eduardo Dominguez. Eduardo Dominguez. The Huracan guy who yeah. we were thinking of yeah. when we said Mariano Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because Mariano Gonzalez still He's plays for Huracan. Yes, indeed. Yes, he does. Easy to get confused. Uh, yeah. Eduardo Dominguez was a player for Huracan a year ago, so that's, that's why we're getting them mixed up. Andres, sorry, you were saying something. Yeah, no, that, that it's it's an interesting new situation because uh, Diego Sela, the coach of News, was asked whether it's good for a team or the players of a team that aren't uh, receiving their wages for four months to to become champions and and. Well, for people will be uh, they are an example that they can't even uh, uh, do the effort and, 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 and play anyway. But no, it's not a good example because <laughs> the directors will say, well, I, I don't pay you. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's the same. It's a, it's a good example for Mauricio Macri yeah. to give to the workers of Argentina. Mm. Don't strike because if you don't strike, then you might win the league. Um, or you know, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna shy away from giving any equivalents in anglophone nations. It's an example of productivity. We have listeners of all political stripes, I'm sure. But you know, it's a good example of productivity and competitivity because they are not receiving any money. They are not receiving their wishes. They are not being paid, and they do the things of the same. Scabs. Um, Istiak Mahmoud asks two questions. He says, first of all, do you think Nacho Fernandez could be a vital part of San Paoli's Argentina midfield? Mm. I haven't heard anything along those lines. Um, I doubt that the actual the answer in actuality will be yes, but it's an intriguing idea given some of Argentina's issues in midfield and given how good Nacho Fernandez has been for yeah not just for River but before that he signed for them for for Gimnasia as well. Yeah, the one thing that I think we can say is certain is that 
there will be new blood in the midfield mm. because that is Argentina's weakest link at the moment. Uh, it does need a renewal, and I reckon Sampaoli could look towards the the local league. I'll be writing about it this weekend. Well, actually, the other thing is, which so if, this if suggestion is a decent form, one for me. If he keeps up his current form, Nacho Fernandez might not be in the local league for very much longer. That's very true. Is. Very true. There's a, there's a few people around in the local league who could bolster them in field. Mm. Um, Acuna. Acuna. Um, he's known to be a fan of Centurion as well, mm-hmm. uh, San Paolo. The Argentine name, might you say? Indeed. That's leading on a question I saw we got in a second. Oh, I, I've got that, that far ahead, yeah. Ah, yeah, there's, there's quite a few players there, there for the taker. Mm. So you should take advantage. But yeah, so the, the immediate answer is no, but in the future, the sort of not too distant future. Uh, potentially, you know, it, it's, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, he also asks, "Do you th- who do you think fits the goalkeeping profile for Sao Paulo? Note, good with his feet, which Romero is not. Well, he's known Guzman to is prefer the Guzman. Thank you. I was going to say the, the guy in Mexico. His name, I forgot. Noel Guzman. Yeah. Um, so probably him. Mm. Both from Rosario. Well, Sao Paulo is from just outside yeah. Rosario. Oh, Ruli." Who's there or thereabouts? Oh, yeah. yeah, could be. I don't know how good with his feet he is, but I think yeah, th- three well, old talent. He's definitely up there. Mm. Well, in the memory of their uh, feet is mm. uh, the perhaps three goalkeepers that we have been or or people or media everyone were mentioning were uh, Guzman, Rulli, and Marquezine. Yeah, yeah. But what what's known is, or at least what the press are all saying is that. Um, uh, that Romero is almost certain to lose the first choice. Um, it's about time. Status that he holds. But the, he he was. It comes down to someone who's good with their feet. That would uh, that he would rule might, out. He might be able to win the Europa League, you know. But he, he was in yeah. the team today, no? Uh, with yeah, he's, been, he's played throughout the season, mm. so I'm sure that. Um, and they, they, they qualify with him for the final. The final of the Europa League by the skin of our teeth, Andres. Oh. <laughs> That's the Mourinho way. Tom Robinson says, which is your favourite, La Cumbia de Centurion, mm. Baila como el Papu, or La Cumbia, la cumbia de Chiquitapia? I have, I've heard La Cumbia de Centurion, which is where the Argentine name, Neymar and Link comes from, because that's mm-hmm. what they call him. Uh, Baila como el Papu, I haven't heard, or La Cumbia de Chiquitapia, I haven't either. I'm not familiar with La Cumbia de Chiquitapia. Can we could put on 15 seconds of, of uh, ba- Baila como el Papu is, is just this... <laughs> Dancing thing that Papu, Gon- uh, Papu Gomez has um, somehow managed to turn into a trending topic across football oh. Twitter of him dancing. I don't think the actual song matters uh, that much. He does it, but he's still Papu Gomez, who, who it's, he, it's certainly been a good PR move for him. If he <laughs> were, yeah, he's been, he's been doing very well. If he year. were the, the yeah, coach, he would call, call him up because he said, I should be there. There mm. were a lot of players that were all the time and they weren't so, so good in their performances. and why not me? <laughs> Confidence is certainly not something that he lacks. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to express a preference one way or the other, Tom. But um, I only heard the, the uh, fortunately I only heard the Chiquitapias. Cumbia. Really, I only heard the Centurion one. How's it going, La Cumbia de Chiquitapias? It's a normal it's, Cumbia. It's why, not. Why don't you sing them to us, James? No, no, I won't. I am worse singing than you playing football. So no, no, I won't. That's that's. Pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. Uh, Brett, oh, Brett's repeating his, his earlier question, just to remind us. Thank you for that, Brett. Um, and Alicia Scott says, if you were a scout for a European club, what player would you recommend to have a closer look or sign from the Primera División? Mm. I'm guessing if we can only name one. So I'm going to go with 
Um, Alario. Alario. It's a boring choice, but I think he's the most. Sorry, which was the question? Uh, one, one player, player from, from the Primera to recommend to someone in Europe. If you were a scout from Europe. Yes, but there are a lot, yes. Alario should be one. Yeah. Uh, Lautaro Martinez for me. He's been absolutely fantastic. I've even I've seen things about of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo about him. I'll go even that far. It, d- it does depend which European club, mind you. Well, you with know. Martinez yeah. is the kind of player you can get on with the, uh, on, on the ground floor. A, a, yeah. a club who are going for um, for Alario say so need to be sort of Tottenham size or bigger. I don't know. Martinez uh, is going to go for. He's not going to go for eight million or, or less. I'm sure. Uh. Okay. Now he's already. Now he's a big. He's a big. Um, if you're asking for the obvious job. ones, would be Lautaro Martinez, would be mm. Lucas Alario. But even um, uh, talking about strikers, if you want a good and cheap one, like a revelation, you mm. will say uh, San Pedri, the Atletico yeah, Tucumán, or Di Placido, the Atletico mm. Tucumán right back. Yeah, he's yeah. Just about. That's a good shot. Pound for pound, the best fullback in Argentina at the moment. San Pauli. I hope you're listening. Uh, we've also had a couple of questions from email by, uh, f- via from Lee Bartlett who says question one who will be playing at the new stadium in Villa Mercedes I think it's called Parque La Pedrera I had Trust to google that my, ah, I'm glad you the answer is that it's going to be a new municipal stadium in San Juan so Villa Mercedes is San Luis anyway San Luis sorry thank San you Luis. so uh, it's going to be uh, one or other of the teams in San Luis or Estudiante possibly San several Luis. if they get promoted to the Primera uh, it's a new stadium it's going to hold about 24,000 people and I'm sure they're going to try and entice the national team to play there and stuff but it's not going to be set up like there's not a club building it for themselves yeah. um, and he says question two is Estudiantes new stadium any closer to complete oh look at that we mentioned that entirely coincidentally earlier is it any closer to completion I believe it's three years behind schedule now uh, should have been ready for season 2014-15 I think it's um, scheduled to open in the second half of this year I thought they'd already been putting up a lot of videos of sort of the finishing work being Mm. put on. They've not put the roof on yet, but they might be opening it without the roof. Uh, And it's uh, uh, they've been pressing on with it since Veron became the club president Mm. and has sort of got the club back on a side. Apart from that, he he, his promise was to finish it because uh, if they sold all of the uh, tickets for the the season boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why he's playing in the Libertadores now. That's why he's really doing very badly in the Libertadores. Well. Is he? Come on, he was no, absolutely I'd... garbage the other, the other week. Oh, the other week, yeah, but the, the matches before then, and I, I'm not saying that I think it's a good idea. Mm. I, I think that Estudiantes would be doing quite a bit better if they were playing a full-strength midfield rather than giving a place to Seba Veron in their Libertadores matches. Oh, yeah. um, but at the same time, I, I don't think he's um, sort of, apart from the last match where, as you say, he was dreadful... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think he's been sort of appalling. No, appalling. He's I, never going to be I've appalling. Been, he's mid on, but he can't play in the I, level. I thought, I thought he was quite good. I, I can't remember who it was right. against, but in the first game that he played, I thought he was actually yeah. quite good for the hour that he played. Uh, yeah. But it's I would totally agree that it's a ridiculous thing. It's bizarre. If you're going to put him in anything, put him in in the league, like at least, because mm-hmm. then you're going to play against Arsenal and even, I don't know, you could put Veron's dad in there and you still beat him 4 0. Um, anyway, those are all the questions. We've got some mystical predictions coming up from Simon, who has emailed me in his predictions for a change, uh, rather than tweeting them, which is a fascinating variation on the theme. So here is some theme music, and after the theme music, you will hear Mystic Simon's predictions. 
Okay, Mystic Simon, uh, who volunteered all on his own. I didn't even need to ask for any um, Key. Uh, predictions this week. For the hardest round of the lot to predict, it's a round full of derbies, whereas we know form goes out the window. And here is what he's going for. San Martin versus Godoy Cruz. He says it's going to be a Godoy Cruz win. And see, how do you know that? Because he's bowled with it. Ah, it's the bowl. I was looking at those bars at the side, but it's like the dots in the same same position. It's done exactly the same way that I do it on the block down. Fair enough. Just copy and paste that in. Ah, there we go. San Martin against Godoy Cruz, Godoy Cruz win. Atletico de Rafaela against Atletico Tucumán is going to be a draw. Estudiantes will beat Gimnasia at home in Quilmes. Huracan will draw with San Lorenzo. He's going for a Banfield win over Lanús. A Tacheres win over Belgrano. An Olimpo win over Aldo Siri. Lots of home wins here. Mm-hmm. Newell's is as to beat Central. Independiente to beat Racing. Boca to beat River. Colón to beat Union. Patronato to beat Sarmiento. Tempele to get an away win over Absinal. Mm-hmm. And then two home wins to close out the weekend. Defensive Justicia to beat Quilmes. And Vélez Sarsfield to beat Tigre. He did make a comment in his email actually that home wins feature heavily. Um, what do you think of those shots? It's oh. it's definitely bold going for such a set pattern on um, on Derby weekend. Whereas we know anything can happen. Trademark. Um, it, to be fair, most of the games are a toss up. You'd say out of the out of the derbies. Yeah. Uh, News to beat Central. Fair enough. I mean, the ones that I wouldn't mind having to call. I, I have to say, to beat Gymnasia, the, you the say, one yeah. game that I'm actually going to be writing a preview of this weekend is, of course, Boca River. Mm-hmm. The, the ones that I wouldn't mind being sort of having a gun held to my head and, yes, try to call this one uh, would be actually none of them. <laughs> Form wise, all of the Classicals are too close. Um, yeah. Dominic Cruz, I think, to beat San Martin is, is a reasonable shout, and the others are all the toss of the mm-hmm. coin. Yeah, yeah, that's very hard. Not to lose tradition, I think the end the Racing a draw will be uh, a decent result or, or a, dis- a result that goes more with the what's happened mm. uh, yeah. lately. Uh, well, anyway, Racing having won one nil, which is strange for the <laughs> very strange last uh, mm. matches. But and Boca River, well, I will say of course because I am supported at River, but a draw will be also in. I think a more reasonable yeah. result there. It, it's going to be a great weekend, or an interesting weekend at least. It may or may not be great. All of the matches might turn out to be turgid. Um, but it, it's going to be an interesting one, if only because all of these classicals really are, are ones that you can say, yeah, on even on the form book, none none of the possible results would be that surprising. No. A Boca no, win wouldn't be surprising. A draw wouldn't be surprising. A River win wouldn't no. be surprising. An Independiente win would be a bit of a turn-up for the books given their home form but it wouldn't be that yeah. much of a shock no so in the in the Racing's the, so the game that's kind of hinged most on the knife edge they're, they're all on the flip of a coin really yeah. so it's going to be fascinating and thank you Simon for being brave enough uh, to go with those predictions we'll come back next week and see how well you did Indeed. thank you also listeners for being patient enough to stick with us through a slightly longer episode than the last few have been we've had a, a bunch of fairly compact episodes that have been very disciplined in our recording and then this week we got a bit silly and carried away um, and thank you most of all to the two gentlemen who are sitting around the table with me uh, Andres thank you and goodbye and Dan good night and from me thank you and goodbye
just realised that we forgot to mention any of the Copa results. Dan's just turned over to the end of the Arsenal versus Juan Alrich Copa Sudamericana match, which astonishingly, uh, while we've been watching a muted arguments on the other channel, um, has finished 6-1 to Arsenal, which means that they're through to the next round of the Sudamericana. Um, and then Copa Argentina games. What were you saying, Andres? Quilmes went out to Riestra? No, Quilmes uh, was eliminated by Gimnasia de Mendoza. Uh-huh. And Tigre was limited by Riestra, who is in the Primera B Metropolitana. The team who employed Diego Maradona on a freelance Santa basis to give some of their team talks a few years ago. Sometimes ago they were in the Primera D. And next week we'll have the, the continuation of the Clásico weekend. Because we'll have Independiente against Deportivo Camionero. Oh, in the Copa Argentina, that's next week. Brilliant. That is next week. That's the, game. That's the biggest Clásico to look out for, I think. Indeed it is. Possibly. Uh, keep your ears peeled for that next week. One more result to tell you about before we go away is that Defensa y Justicia have just claimed a 1-1 draw away to San Paolo, uh, which means that Defensa y Justicia have gone through to the second round of the Copa Sudamericana on away goals. The first leg of that will finish 0-0. Probably the best result of any football match that will happen this year.